Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We're very pleased you've joined us today, and we'd like to welcome as our guest, Ali Motamad, CFA, Managing Partner and Portfolio Manager of Invenomic Capital Management, Sub-Advisor of the Baltic Invenomic Fund, a variable long-short strategy. And Ali talks to us from their headquarters in Boston, Massachusetts. Ali, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Thank you for having me. So, Ali, uh, you started out in life in Iran, like several of our guests, many of them recently, raised in the U.K. and then Southern California, attended UCLA, went into investment banking, then went to Harvard Business School for an MBA, then went to Boston Partners, and uh, where you were co-portfolio manager of their long-short equity fund, and you were named Manager of the Year by Morningstar in the alternative category in 2014, and you and your wife are brave enough to have four children raising there in Boston. So uh, give us first a brief background of your earlier years and uh, how it is that you got to Harvard and entered the uh, world of investment management. Sure. Really, it comes down to two things. First of all, I had a cousin that was very mathematically oriented and worked at uh, running the Bankers Trust Derivatives Desk. And he sort of knew of my interest in math when I was younger, and he uh, would help me and tutor me sometimes. And he always felt that uh, coming into the finance industry uh, in an area where math was a big part would be something that I would like. And then combining that with the fact that when I moved uh, to the United States, I was about 10 years old, and one of my first sort of passions and hobbies was baseball cards and trading baseball cards. And this was sort of before they flooded the market with baseball cards, kind of resembling what the Fed is doing right now. But they had a, a lot of value, and I would, you know, go from store to store and build up collections and try and uh, try and figure out which ones were the the hot players that would become successful. And, you know, really it's very, very similar to what we do at Invenomic and kind of combining the mathematical aspects with that history. Uh, he encouraged me to, to go into this business, and that's where I got my start. Hey, well, great. Well, you know, I think you are the third or fourth uh, Harvard MBA we've uh, been able to interview. I think most of uh, your colleagues have gone into uh, management and the corporate world. But uh, why is it and, and how is it that you ended up with uh, Boston Partners there? Yes. So uh, when I was at Harvard, I, I was fortunate to be admitted uh, relatively young. I think I was one of the youngest people in my class. Uh, this was in 2001, right after the dot-com bust. Uh, when I was coming out, I knew that I wanted to be in this business, but I was competing against people, you know, four to six years my senior that had a lot more work experience. So I knew I had to create my own opportunity. Uh, and I met Ted Kellogg, the former portfolio manager of the Boston Partners Long Short Fund at a, at a law firm conference. And he and I hit it off. And at that point, Boston Partners hedge fund assets were pretty much the same size as what we are here uh, at, at 
in Venomic right now getting going. So, you know, we hit it off. I joined on as a summer intern. I kept working with him through the next year, joined the firm full-time after that, and was continuously promoted up to uh, eventually being portfolio manager, co-portfolio manager. Okay, so you uh, currently have, you, at Boston Partners, you handled, again, their uh, variable long-short strategy, um, and you have a variable long-short strategy there at Envenomic. That's the only strategy that you have. Obviously, you believe in it. Uh, you came over to Envenomic to start your own, and that is the strategy you're using. What is it that you like about long-short? What I like is that you're able to take all of the tools of active management and use them. Uh, you know, we're looking at, at companies up and down the spectrum from what we consider to be shorts to the long ideas, and they're very different. And the beauty of it is is that a lot of the work that you do on either side really translates. So it kind of maximizes your return on your time. Uh, what I also like about it is it's a way to drive decent returns on a risk-adjusted basis without taking a lot of rate risk. I think in this environment, a lot of people are looking at how to protect capital. And, uh, you know, with rates as low as they are, uh, they've gone out and bought bonds. But as they push the duration, they're taking huge amounts of rate risk. And so what I love is that we can use all the tools of what, what we do to create a product that I think fits a really nice niche for people. So what would you say, uh, Ali, is the core competency of Envenomic? Uh, It's the ability to take technology and take data uh, and be able to track it and capture it and utilize it in a fundamental analysis process. And why I think that's so important is fundamental analysis is really kind of the accepted form of investing that's stood the test of time for generations. And to be able to take these tools and use them to make that process better makes us better. Well, you know, so many long-short strategies don't really focus on the fundamentals. They either are technical analysis or they're, they're quantitative analysis strategies. But you focus on fundamentals, but aren't you taking a chance on the timing? Because with most fundamental uh, analysis require, often requires time to actually come to pass, and people don't mind that Warren Buffett long-term approach. We're going to buy this because it's a good company and uh, it should do well in the future. But over the next three to six months, we don't really know where it's going to go. Uh, so how do you handle that particular challenge using fundamentals but, but needing to uh, grow, uh, have the prices increase in the short term? Sure. So, I mean, we generally don't look in three-month increments. Uh, I think that creates a lot of taxes and trading costs. So We try and think over a longer-term period, but it's very important to understand what drives a stock and helps it to get to the target price that you may think uh, it should. That's why, you know, we try and stay away from, I guess, what people define as value traps, right? We're trying to to shorten the time to where we're realizing uh, investment returns. So we do try and get involved in companies where they're fundamentally attractive, but then we can incrementally increase our position sizes as they get closer and closer to where they're able to really demonstrate to other people in the market those qualities so that we can actually make money for investors based on that. 
So why do you call it a variable long-short strategy? We call it a variable long-short strategy because that the short portfolio goes up and down in size based on the opportunity set. So at a point in the cycle like right now, we're running a pretty neutral portfolio with a very large short portfolio against a, a large long portfolio. We almost have zero beta exposure. But it's very... Uh, that that's not the goal at all points in the cycle you know the market generally does go up and we want to be able to take uh, the opportunity to get long and invest in good opportunities um, and so when the market pulls down and our short portfolio generates gobs of cash we'd like to be able to deploy that on the long side without forcing short exposure in companies where it doesn't make sense you know, Ali, uh, one of the issues that I've always had with long-short strategies is that uh, the companies cheat. Okay, And when we're in a rising market, they go very, very long with relatively few shorter positions. There, th Then when the market rises, they're very close to the increase of long-only portfolio. But because they're overly long, when the market falls, they don't have the protection that they claim to people that they have. So how do you handle that? Yeah, well, we've proven over time that that's not how, how we do it in, in the past and, and in this role. You know, we run a very disciplined process, and that short book fluctuates based on the number of shorts that we find out there. So we hope to generate alpha on the long side alpha on the short side, but then allowing that short book to naturally fluctuate based on the opportunity set really hedges you out at the right point in time. So when there are a lot of shorts in the market, generally you'll find the market's overvalued and perhaps due for a pullback. So I, uh, I do agree that unfortunately a lot of people, you know, chase momentum and get very aggressive at points in the cycle where it may not make sense. Uh, but we've proven over time that we're disciplined. And, uh, you know, right now, at this point in the cycle, we are being conservative. We do not see uh, great opportunity sets out there. Uh, and in general, in the market, there are certainly a lot of good longs we like in our portfolio. Uh, but, but we are being very conservative here. And, you know, that's what led at, at, at Boston Partners, you know, going through 08 to 10, we were compounding 25% a year because of that right so we protected capital going in we had a huge amount of cash flows from our short portfolio as we covered it out and then we were able to take that and redeploy it you have to be disciplined you have to have a long-term mindset um and and i think that the thing that people have as a misconception is that they think that that long short strategies the goal is is to not make as much money that's not true. The goal is to, to do just as well or better over a market cycle. But the ideal payoff structure is a little bit different. The ideal payoff structure is almost a stair-step type fashion where you kind of grind it up, you protect capital, uh, you take the money you generate from a short portfolio and you invest when everyone's running and then you have these kind of explosive years. So we think we are you know, getting on the cusp of that right now. 
Holly, thank you very much. This is very interesting. Uh, We need to take a short break. When we come back, let's get a little more granular and ask you for an example or two, either on the long or the short side. And and on the short side would be good because shorts have not done well over the last uh, several years. In fact, since 2009. And yet I know that uh, Boston Partners had a a giant year in uh, 2009. And so uh, let's talk a little more granular about how you find those shorts and uh, how you determine how variable you should be with those short positions particularly. Again, we're talking with Ali Mutamid, CFA Managing Partner, Portfolio Manager of Invenomic Capital Management, Sub-Advisor of the Balter Invenomic Fund. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio, and we'll be right back. All right, we're back with Charlie Wright for some market insights. Who are you talking with this week, Charlie? Paul, we're talking with Brian Goligoski, founder and CEO of Stillwater Capital out of beautiful San, Santa Barbara. And Brian writes a newsletter this week in the market. So, Brian, what do you have for us this week? Again, we got technology off to the races, and we've got a lot of churn under the overall banner of the indexes. Brian, I read in the Wall Street Journal and elsewhere all the time, all you need to do is buy a cheap index, and you can outperform all these mutual funds, etc. What do you think of that? Well, what's been true in the last few years is you can throw a dart at an index, but you can't necessarily throw a dart at any stock, given how much disconnect there is under the surface, the way indexes work, the way 10 to 15 stocks basically drive each one, there's a lot of opportunity under the surface for someone that employs long short strategies the way I do to take advantage of energy falling out of bed or financials having some headline risk or technology doing well. And so we've had a good year so far in the market year to date. Tell us who's been winners and losers, who's happy and who's sad. Happiest has been technology investors and a secondary extent to healthcare investors. Who's suffered the most has been energy. And to be honest, since the election, piece of the Trump trade that's held up the best has been aerospace and defense, but financials have round trip, and a lot of other industries that were supposed to feel the tailwind of the new administration have completely round trip that trade. That's another sub-story that isn't really told that much. So uh, what do you see moving forward? So moving forward, we've got pretty rich valuations in the United States, and clearly we've got some tension both amongst investors, amongst policymakers, etc. So I would say for the remainder of the year, the best gains have been had, and we're probably going to chop around. I know that's not a technical term, but um, I wouldn't expect another 8% tacked onto your return if you're invested domestically. You probably have a better opportunity overseas and in emerging markets where valuation is still cheaper. Hey, everybody, you heard it here first. Brian, thank you very much. And how can people get your newsletter? You can contact Stillwater Capital by sending an email to contact at stillcap.com, and we'll sign you up and have you on the Friday distribution for This Week in the Markets. Thank you, Brian, very much for the insight. Thanks, Charlie. And now back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with Ali Motamid, CFA Managing Partner, Portfolio Manager of Invenomic Capital Management of the Balter Invenomic Fund. So uh, we've talked about your variable long-short strategy here, Ali. Uh, first of all, let's focus a little more uh, specifically on, on the short position. Since 2009, short sellers have not been popular, have not done well. Uh, what have you learned during this time about short selling, and how has it worked for you and against you? Short selling has worked very well for us. I think that, generally speaking, one of the problems that, that people who short sell have had is that they assume it's sort of the same as investing on the long side. And I think that's a a very bad and dangerous misconception. And the reason is, is 
you know, you can go and buy a stock on the long side if it's if it's a nice investment with high return characteristics and generating free cash flow. And, you know, there's a universe of, you know, billions of investors out there uh, that theoretically will come up and, and purchase that stock and, and drive it to what you perceive as fair value, helping you realize the returns you expected. The problem on the short side is that you can look at a, a stock or company that you think is really overvalued, uh, where you think it should go down, uh, but because shorts as a percent of shares outstanding or float are so small relative to the 100% of shares outstanding that people own long, right? If you look at a very high short interest stock, maybe it's 15% of the shares outstanding. So because of that, that factor, you will never get enough incremental people coming into short a stock to drive it to that fair value. What you need is to be able to identify why people own it and what's going to cause them to capitulate to help you realize your return. So I think that mindset is something that's totally different, and I think it's very hard for uh, traditional long-oriented investors to get their hands around, and that's why oftentimes they get blown up on these shorts. They just expect them to sort of come back down to earth, but they don't appreciate that, you know, there's reasons that people own them that, that may not be the same as why they're short them. Ali, that, that's a real insight. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, when you guys look at your longs and your shorts, uh, do you do strictly bottom up uh, looking at the fundamentals or do you do at least some top down looking first at the sector, the industry, uh, and then looking at the stocks within that that should do well or not do well or whatever? Well, I think, I think when you go from the bottom up and you look at enough companies, you develop a sector and industry view pretty quickly. And so generally everything does come from the bottom up. Um, but we do identify opportunities and areas where things are getting better, which we then examine further. But really everything comes from the bottoms up. Very interesting approach. Uh, appreciate that. So what do you see as the most prominent misconceptions of long-short strategies? Yeah, I think the biggest misconception is that people think that you're not meant to have outperformance over a market cycle. Uh, I do think that over cycles, over sort of eight to ten year periods, a good long short strategy will, uh, and it will protect your capital. It'll be a slightly different return stream, but the, the aggregate return profile of a good fund should be solid. And so what, what are the market conditions in the market cycle, if you will, that are most conducive and, and most challenging for your kind of strategy? The most conducive is, is high volatility. When, when people are fearful, uh, when there's a lot of dispersion, when, when there's not a lot of liquidity and it gets sucked out of the market, that's when you know, we really have the opportunity to make a lot of money. But ideally, in, in these types of environments are, are sort of the best place to start from because we start by protecting capital. So at a, at a point in the cycle like this going forward, we would anticipate to have really strong returns uh, over the next several years. Uh, that may not be this year because we're protecting people's capital, but uh, what we see is that if we do a good job, we do protect it. The, the things that we think may happen do happen the opportunities open up and we're one of the few people able to take care of take advantage of it that you know we will be in a great position 
Uh, I would say that the last few years perhaps have been a little more difficult for long short strategies in general because there's been no volatility. It's been driven by central banks. Uh, and there's not a lot of dispersion. I think realized volatility was five this past month, which is the lowest in history. Yeah, it's it's been exceptionally low, and uh, the you know the no one is expecting it to uh, spike anytime soon. But obviously, uh, we, we never know here. Uh, so, a question, Ali, we like to ask all of our guests here: What keeps you awake at night? I mean, health, really, nothing else, right? <laughs> I mean, in the end of the day, you got to do the best you can do. I don't, I don't. This business doesn't keep me awake at night because I know it's just about process and coming in every day and trying to do a good job. And I know that if we can stay disciplined and stay focused and, you know, the team is healthy, you know, we will do a good job, I believe. So it doesn't keep me awake on that level. The one thing I do think is important, I think you have to have a good relationship with your investors in the sense that they have to understand what you're doing and understand your goals. The times that are difficult is when there, there isn't that alignment, right? We have an objective sort of with how we're set up right now. Our goal is to grind away. Uh, you know, if we could do, you know, mid to high single digit returns, perhaps over this next period where we don't think returns are going to be good and put our investors in a good position to make a lot of money, uh, you know, when the opportunities open up, that's great. But if that investor is expecting, you know, in a 20 percent rising market for us to be up 25 percent, well, they're going to be really disappointed. They're going to take money at the wrong time. And that that lack of communication, that lack of understanding, then then creates, you know, problems. It creates a, a situation where the advisor doesn't really get the best results for their client and where we end up having to waste time sort of trying to uh, explain things after the fact to people. So, so I just want to make sure that our investors are aligned with us. They're on the same page. You know, we come to work every day uh, focused on doing the best we can do, stay disciplined, work hard, and... Uh, Everything should take care of itself over the cycle. No question about it, Ali. Uh, managing expectations of on the front end are critically important for anybody in this business. So, Ali, the second question we'd like to ask all of our guests, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Uh, I would recommend Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow by Kahneman, who won the Nobel Prize for Behavioral Economics. I think it's just a fascinating book on on how to think in life. There are not many books that I read chapters and then I've reread the chapter and feel like it actually has changed my whole perspective on on things. And I think this is a uh, this is required reading as far as I'm concerned. It's required reading for my team uh, and I I really would encourage your your listeners to go out and check it out. Ali, thank you very much. You are the first one to recommend that book. How would you spell the author's name? Kahneman K-A-H-N-E-M-A-N, and it's, I believe, it's Daniel Kahneman. Great, thank you. Thinking fast, thinking slow, was that it? Yes, and he won uh, won the Nobel Prize in behavioral economics, so obviously his his work is well thought through. Yes, obviously. So uh, for those who would like to know more, Ali, uh, provide your website and somebody's contact information there. Yeah, so Walter uh, Liquid Alternatives dot uh, com is the website, and uh, you know they can email me at Ali A L I at Invanomic 
that's I-N-V-E-N-O-M-I-C dot com, and they can reach us also by phone. Uh, I'm at 617-549-6076, and, uh, you know, I'll help get them in touch with the right people. All right, Ali, thank you very much. So final words for our listeners here. You know, I think it's important to be able to be uh, disciplined and be careful in these environments. People who have a plan and are thoughtful end up actually winning from from moments like this. People that just go with the herd do not. So my only advice is, uh, you know, be disciplined, be thoughtful. And then the one other thing is whatever you buy, make sure you truly understand it. Um, look up the top 10 positions of whatever fund it is you're looking at, right? Do they make sense? Do they fit in, in with the strategy? And if that strategy has sort of a weak period, is it going to be something where you lose your entire faith because you didn't understand it? Or is it going to be a situation where you're then able to take advantage and maybe put more money in? So really just understand what you're doing. Be very careful and, you know, be greedy when everyone's fearful and not not right now when, when everyone's sort of greedy and markets are at highs. Ali, thank you very much. Uh, wise advice that we certainly appreciate, and thank you very much for joining us on Strategic Investor Radio today. Thank you so much. Again, we've been talking with Ali Motamid, CFA Managing Partner, Portfolio Manager of Invenomic Capital Management of the Balter Invenomic Fund. And you've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. We'd love to have you contact us. Info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host Charlie Wright or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing. 